0: Hi, this is Jim Lobato, and I'm president and founder of a company called Performance Group. You're listening to the podcast version of a program that originally aired on the BizTalk radio show. I started BizTalk so you'd have access to today's leading experts about growing your company and yourself. BizTalk is produced by Performance Group. At Performance Group, we work at the front end of a company's revenue stream. We find the salespeople who generate the revenue, and we provide onboarding programs that get them doing that sooner. Our passion is aligning talent with opportunity. That's why we're known as a Salesforce development company. Enjoy the program. On our program today, we have Wayne Breitbart, businessman, speaker, author, and LinkedIn expert. Wayne has inspired audiences across the country and trained more than 10,000 business people how to effectively use LinkedIn for greater business and career success. Wayne's diverse business experience and pragmatic teaching style has earned him the praise of the press, with many referring to him as the LinkedIn guru. Wayne is also the owner of m M&M Office Interiors in Pewaukee, Wisconsin, and the founder of the Urban Promise, an urban youth mentoring program that brings together business professionals and high school students in the Milwaukee Public School District. We are fortunate today that Wayne has returned to BizTalk to share his insights and updates on his critically acclaimed book, The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success, Kickstart Your Business, Brand, and Job Search. Wayne, welcome to the program.
1: Jim, it's great to be back
0: on. Wayne, it is great having you back on, and I'm excited about the update to your book, The Power Formula to LinkedIn Success, because after our first interview, we took that book in our company, and we went chapter by chapter, and we integrated everything you said in each of those chapters. And last year, according to LinkedIn, several of us in our company received a notice from them saying that we're in the top 10% of all the profiles being viewed, and so we want to thank you for that. We got found on LinkedIn by following your book.
1: So well, you are welcome. You did exactly what I hope many people will do. They just follow the plan.
0: Wayne, there are digital natives who started with this technology, and then there are digital immigrants like you and I who've come to this technology Since you're a digital immigrant, share with our audience how you came to start using LinkedIn.
1: So my entree to LinkedIn five and a half years ago was really kicking and screaming and refusing and hoping that I'll never have to do anything in the social media space. You know, I was a 51-year-old business guy at that time. I just didn't want to do this stuff, Jim. To me, it just seemed like it was my kid's stuff, and it's new, and it's different. I hate the computer, all that stuff. But business was really bad. I mean, the office furniture business was a a terrible valley at the time, and I was looking for ways with my partner to find some new things we were going to do to generate business. And I was lucky enough to have a friend come up to me after church every Sunday and and bother me about LinkedIn. And I weekly, believe me, I blew this guy off, one of my best friends. And then finally, the tie in between, well, business is pretty stinky, and he says it might help me. I'm trying this dumb thing. And I felt just that way, too. I said, I'm trying this dumb thing. And 20 minutes into my experiment, I go, oh, my gosh, if I can start to see who my friends know and I can search by company name and, and keywords, and that's going to open up a lot of calls. that would normally have been cold calls and turn them into warm. So when I heard about a project here in town now, I pumped in the company name, and I there's a good chance I got a friend that knows somebody at that company where before I never knew who my friends knew. So that was my aha moment and, and just turned me from – not wanting anything to do with this stuff, saying, you know what, this is a technology tool that should really help me grow my business, and it really has.
0: How did that turn into what you do now, which is going around and teaching business people how to use LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, that part, you know, that was was the good Lord, I think, I'm not sure. (laughs) It was like, so what I did was, I studied a couple of books, because I'm a CPA, and that's how I learned stuff, and after I read those books, I just kept reading and reading and reading, and then I just started going on to so show a few people how to use LinkedIn, starting with my sales staff. And the next thing you know, I they would bring some customers into our office and say, here, Wayne, these customers want to learn about LinkedIn. What do you think? I said, well, if they're a customer of mine, I'll help them. And then next thing you know, it's a chamber, and it's rotary clubs. And, and I just kept speaking and speaking all over town, and I, what I could see, Jim, was – most people were on LinkedIn, but nobody knew how to use it. So when I told people, oh, yeah, "I sort of know how to use LinkedIn," they were going, "Oh gosh, if you could help me, otherwise I'm just this thing's driving me nuts. I don't know what to do with it." And so I know I struck a, a chord at that point when I kept getting so many calls for speaking engagements. And I just used it really at, in the first year of my speaking and teaching, simply as a business development tool to sell office furniture. I never thought it'd be an offer. I never thought I'd do things like you and I are doing right now. But, you know, sometimes the good Lord takes you down a path that you never thought you were going as long as you say, hey,
0: I'll try it. Thank you for that background and stuff. And I just wanted to expose people to the fact that there are people who come to LinkedIn kind of through the back door, as I call it, and can turn LinkedIn to be a very powerful tool. It's just not out there for recruiters. Wayne, you're on the second edition of Power Formula for LinkedIn Success. What's changed since the first edition?
1: I hope you got three or four hours with that big question. <laughs> well, well, the top three
0: things then. Let's yeah, start with that.
1: Just gonna, but to summarize, sort of what's going on is you know LinkedIn's having a heck of a run here. Both its stock doing well, which is always good because it shows some stability and that the investing world likes the company. And with that in mind. It continues to get more and more acceptance across big, small, medium-sized, you name it, whatever size companies, solopreneur people you name it. And because of that, they keep investing money and time into new features and new updates. And the the overall premise behind all of them is to really help us grow our businesses and to have more interactions within the LinkedIn platform and not just have it as a place where we stop in to check out somebody's resume on steroids, their profile, but where we actually have interactions there and we build relationships and we nurture relationships and we make contacts there and you know and so it's it's meant to be we stay there for a bigger portion of the day because that's how these websites get judged you know not only how many members but how active are people on them so all of the things are around that whole two premises help business folks grow their business but to keep people on the site and, and use it as their sort of people gathering and, and discussing platform so some of the things that have changed is everybody hadn't got new profiles at the end of last year and that upgrade really has emphasized several things like you have a bigger picture, you know, bigger is better, so that means you gotta have a better pitcher or at least have a good pitcher or have a pitcher. People don't many times. The top section up there where your top box where your name is in your headline it's emphasized much stronger because it's, it's actually bigger. And so your headline is more and more important. And so many people still have not taken advantage of putting in a headline. That's the thing right right to the right of your face and right below your name. And it's your ability to put a little bit of a branding statement right at the top of your profile, 120 characters, but also those 120 characters travel around with you wherever you are when somebody just scrolls over your picture.
0: Wayne, since we talked last, I took your advice and I also changed my title on my LinkedIn profile, it used to have just president of performance group. Well, that's still in there, but as president of performance group, a sales recruiting and onboarding consulting firm, keynote speaker on recruiting, hiring sales engineers. So I put all those key words in that title. So that was a good suggestion. I hope our audience takes it. At the same time, is there an overall strategy we need when we're looking at Updating our profile.
1: Yeah, you know, throughout your profile, your strategy has to be two things keywords and stories. And then mm. you try to put those two sort of together, even in the little section called your headline, but then in your summary and your job experiences, you name it. And you just hit it. You know, most people put their title up there and they think that's enough. Well, it's a great starting point, but then people are searching. And when we know how search engines work, they all revolve around keywords. And without keywords, you're not going to be found. I mean, it's just that simple. It's just, if you think about it, it's just a simple, it's just a search engine. And search engines are cured off of keywords. And somebody could say, Wayne, what have I not done on my profile? I'll start out by saying, I don't see hardly any words here that would be keywords to me based on what you just told me your business was.
0: I also noticed that there's, on my profile page, there's this activity bar there. What is that for?
1: Activities have always been around, but now they're, more front and center because they put that way at the top. And what that's for, that's just so that you and people that are on your profile can see what's going on in Jim's world. And so it shows new connections. It shows articles that you've read and posted. It shows recommendations you've gotten. It shows new endorsements that you've received. So it's meant to be a place not just for you to see what's going on and what things you're engaged in on LinkedIn, but when other people land on your profile, they go, oh, so this is the kind of expertise. Look at Jim sharing these articles, and these are the kind of people he's connecting to, and he's getting recommendations for this. So it's meant to sort of be like almost like a rolling billboard about you where the rest of your profile, sort of you, you set it up and it's there, and you might make changes from time to time, but it doesn't change, where the activity feed changes from time to time with people's names and articles and stuff. So if you think about it as a rolling billboard, you ought to use it that way and it's so high on your profile with this change that it's meant to emphasize not only who you are but what's going on.
0: So should I be like you said treated like a news feed and actively feeding something in that on a daily basis?
1: My suggestion is for sure once a day Jim and you know that can be articles that you've either written or just articles you've read or videos you've watched or a link to an event that's coming up in the future. My suggestion is for people to get started at least once a day, best time to post that kind of status update would be sort of in the middle of your business day. Because remember, it's a feed and we're getting used to feeds from Facebook and now LinkedIn and things move down chronologically. And if you get up this morning and post something at five o'clock and you think it's just the greatest thing on earth and You know, by 830 or 9, when most people are engaging into LinkedIn because they're into the business world, your post could be down on your feed. But it also, when you post there, it shows up in all your connections feeds and it could be gone already.
0: When I post something on my activity, you're telling me, and I have 500 plus connections, you're telling me those 500 people get that?
1: What happens is there's a little bit of a formula on LinkedIn's part of who gets what. But for the most part, your people are going to see your status updates. That's correct. Your right. first degree.
0: Thanks for joining in on the conversation. Our guest is Wayne Breitbart, the LinkedIn guru. We're talking about his book, Power Formula for LinkedIn Success, the second edition. Wayne, on my LinkedIn profile, I see that there's a section there where people have viewed my profile. And occasionally I go out there and I look at that and it's kind of interesting to see who's looked at my profile. Well, that may be nice and interesting when you actually have a strategy around using that feature on LinkedIn of who viewed my profile.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up because I do have to admit for many years, my first three years on LinkedIn, I thought that this was just interesting and cute, not useful, but sort of just interesting. Like, you know, I really want to see who's looking at us. But As I've talked to more and more business folks, especially business professionals that are in some form of business development, they shared with me, Wayne, this is one of the best business development tools on LinkedIn. And I said, "What? Are you kidding me? They said, no, listen, somebody looked at your profile. And then you look at who they are, and some of them might make a lot of sense for you to meet, whether it's on the phone or in person, whatever. But when they look at your profile, and you've looked at theirs, and you think they're interesting, you don't do anything with that? And I said, well, not really. And, and the guy was funny, he was from the East Coast, and he's the sales guy, and he said, Wayne, that's why we love competing against you guys in the Midwest. <laughs> I mean, so he just saw it as, listen, it's an automatic. You call the person up and say, hey, you looked at my profile, Looked at yours. We do business with people like you. Let's get together for a cup of coffee. And it was weird because I did think, well, you know what, maybe that's a little too aggressive. Well, what he reminded me of was this. He said, Wayne, nobody comes home on a Sunday after church and says, honey, I'm going to do about three hours of random profile checking out. They look at profiles that either there's a referral going on or you came up in a search or you showed up in people you may know or an alumni search. You came up because maybe something's going on. And so you got to take that to heart and go, if something's going on, I better get back to this guy.
0: The other thing I noticed was new on LinkedIn. that I think most people have overlooked. It just kind of showed up. On the right, I see all these bubble things and numbers on them, and it says your network, and I got numbers associated to disc companies and pop-up and stuff. What's the purpose of that, and what should we be using that for? Yeah,
1: so what you have the ability to do is change those bubbles into things like companies, locations. There's like four or five criteria there, And it allows you to sort of break down your network into the the people you're most connected to, the largest company, and then the second largest and so on. So that same thing is available when you look at other people's profiles. So the more interesting thing is when you're on, let's say, my profile, and we're going to get together and meet, then you look at mine and see what companies I'm connected to, what groups I'm in, and what things you and I have in common, and the industries that my network is made up of. Both that and the in-common box, which is right below that, will show you maybe a strategy that you should have when we get together to how we might be able to help each other. So it just breaks down sort of who do I know, those bubbles, and the one below it says, and what things am I interested in, some of those things are some of the same things you're interested in.
0: So if I'm going to meet with Wayne, for example, I could go out and look who's in your bubbles and say, Hey, Wayne, I noticed that you're connected to Paul over here, and I'd like to talk to Paul. Could you introduce me to him?
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, that's what the number one thing LinkedIn is good for, is to find out who your friends know so that you can maybe get that introduction, right? I mean, we all have a lot of friends. We just don't know who our friends know, and LinkedIn is just trying to help us show us who our friends know so we might get introductions. I mean, the other day, I, I know that in common with a bubble, there's a fellow that I was on the phone with, first-degree connection, and he was looking for a speaker on LinkedIn, and he's in Don, Florida, and while I was talking to him, I had his profile up and I scroll over the little bubble that says interest, and sure enough, it shows he and I are both scuba divers. So I jumped into a scuba diver conversation somewhere during our phone call and we just had the greatest chat. And, you know, it it just sort of ice breaks for you you know? you. you know, this information is on the profile. People don't have profiles up when they're on the phone with somebody or look at them before they're going to meet with them. Man, I don't know how you go into a strategize how you're going to move forward with a new relationship without using this tool. And people. some people still don't do it.
0: I just received in an email this morning and getting prepared for our program, somebody endorsed me. In fact, it was a former employee, and we haven't talked in years Obviously, he's found me on LinkedIn, and he's endorsed me in the area. Should I be doing something with that when someone endorses me on my LinkedIn? You know, the, the endorsement
1: thing is probably one of the biggest question areas since it came out last fall. And we're all still trying to figure out what the protocol is there. My feeling on that is when people endorse you, that you don't have to run right back and say thank you or endorse them if – You don't have to. I don't think there's a quid pro quo here. But if you can and you want to, it's great. But I think the endorsements come a little too fast and furious to try to thank everybody that endorses you. Now, if you get something like a recommendation from somebody and they take the time to really write several sentences, you know, in that case, I would definitely send them a little thank you note because I just think that takes longer. But it appears that people are not automatically endorsing back or saying, hey, thank you for every one of those things you get.
0: Should I be actively syncing endorsements?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, Jim. You know, we're going to find out down the road here how LinkedIn is using the endorsement section. But what the people like myself who study LinkedIn deeply, we're feeling that it's part of the searching ranking And that, for example, if I was going to look for an executive coaching guy in your area, and you've got 13 endorsements currently, but let's say a couple years from now, there'll be 70 or 80 or 90 there, and I search for executive coach in Des Moines, Iowa area, you will probably get some kind of a search push up if you have more of those than other people that have that word executive coaching in their profile. And the reason we're pretty sure about that is because – LinkedIn makes most of its money on its recruiting products where companies are using it to find employees, and those products are expensive. But LinkedIn promises they're going to bring you the best candidates, and the best is defined by whatever LinkedIn comes up with the best, and that's why this endorsement thing is such an emphasis of theirs, because they're going to start emphasizing this in in the search. But if you also just step back and think, it's sort of like the yelping of people. And if I'm looking yep. for you and somebody else in your market, I'll look here and go, listen, Jim's got 90 endorsements. This other person's got 12. I like them both. They're both nice people. They look like they both do the same kind of thing. I think I'll start with Jimmy. He's got 70 more endorsements.
0: Wayne, LinkedIn has been stereotyped as a database that's mostly used and effective for recruiters. In your opinion, is that stereotype accurate?
1: I think LinkedIn started as that. Yeah, 10 years ago, and I think it's still a great place for recruiters. I mean, let's face it, as a recruiter and you do some of that, you know, as part of your business, this database is phenomenal. And when you can explore a database that didn't exist 10 years ago to look at potentially 250 million people using keywords in parts of the country and colleges and all that – Oh, why wouldn't you use it if you're a recruiter? So, do I think it's being taken over by recruiters? No, I think recruiters have owned an important space on LinkedIn for a long, long time, and I think job seekers have an important space on LinkedIn and will continue too, just because of the nature of the beast. But I'll tell you what: when it comes to us business folks finding customers, vendors, suppliers, donors for our nonprofits, and The database is good for that, too. I mean, I found a roofer for my house just a few weeks ago, and my wife was going to go look at the yellow pages because I told her I didn't know any roofers. I searched on LinkedIn under roofing, and here comes a whole bunch of second-degree people, not first-degree, so I didn't know any. And I started calling my friends who were connected to the roofers, and the first friend told me, don't bother. The guy wasn't very good, but the second friend turned me right on to a great roofer. So you know that's how I found somebody to do fix of my roof, and I figure a referrals better than anything. But I didn't know what roofers my friends knew.
0: Yeah, so, so it's it's become your own Angie's list then.
1: No <laughs> question, yeah, because it's just because of, because of the nature of the beast being a database, a business professional database.
0: The other thing that has me confused on LinkedIn, maybe you can shed some light on, because I see you do an exceptional job of this. You're posting articles and you're posting videos and that kind of stuff. How do I turn that on in my LinkedIn account? How do I publish maybe something of a PowerPoint I did or post a video and from that I produced on YouTube out there?
1: That's back to this whole activity feed that we discussed earlier. Okay. And the way and the way you do that is the easiest way is on your homepage right at the very top, top and front and center, your face shows up with a big box waiting for you to share some information. The best way to do that is to always have a link to something. And if you want to just say something and you don't really, it's not an article, it's not a video, it's not another website, you might as well have the link to your website, your own homepage, and talk about So the reason I always want you to put a link in there is because then a nice picture will usually show up, and a link to something where people can get more information about whatever it is you're talking about. Now, some of it is you'll just read an article on the web somewhere, a blog or, you know, an industry article, and you'll just take that and you'll cut and paste it into that box. The article will populate. You can get rid of the link you actually put in so you don't have to use up that space and then talk about what you found interesting about that article. Now, the other opportunity you have over to the right of that box you'll see a paperclip, a little grayed-out paperclip. That's your opportunity to actually put a document to your network. So you can put a checklist or a PDF or a sign-up sheet for something or a flyer for something that's going on in you know, an event just by clicking that paperclip and uploading the document. And once you hit the share button there, it will go out to your first-level connections, and then you never know where it's going to go from there because your first-level connections who get it might hit like, When it's in their feed, and guess where it goes then? To their connections. So that's when we start talking about viral. This is sort of as viral as you and I are going to get, you know. But the bottom line is you got the opportunity to share great information in your expertise area and then send it to your network using an update, and then they may share it elsewhere too, like it, comment on it, and then get it going to their friends. And that's how you start gaining more contacts and more connections and so on.
0: So you say I can mainly do that through my activity feeds and stuff?
1: Yeah, the activity feeds are a great place. To do okay. And, and really what, I, what you should do, Jim, is just think of that strategically and go, listen, I'm going to do this once a day, and I'm going to try it on Saturday because it's not the worst thing in the world either. And it's just a communication marketing tool.
0: The other thing I noticed that you can do on LinkedIn now is move sections around, and you weren't really able to do that too easily in the past. So take my experience, maybe move it to the bottom or move different things around?
1: That was really came at the request of a lot of us screaming at LinkedIn, saying, listen, we should be able to emphasize certain things in our profile by moving them up. And so whenever you're in edit profile... If you see an up-down arrow in that profile heading, that means you can move that section around, and it's just for that. It's for emphasizing, de-emphasizing some other parts of your
0: profile. Our guest is Wayne Breitbart, the LinkedIn guru. In addition to Wayne sharing his expertise on LinkedIn, you can find other experts that have shared their wisdom right here on BizTalk. They're available as podcasts on our website, and they cover business topics in the areas of recruiting, leadership, marketing performance management, sales and sales management, and personal development. You can download these podcasts from our website, com. That's B-I-Z, talkradioshow.com. Wayne, in your book, Power Formula for LinkedIn Success, you talk about setting up company pages. Share with our audience some of the common mistakes that people make when they go to set up their company profile in LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, so some of the common mistakes on getting your company page going and and what people are doing wrong is, number one, they're not realizing that that takes keywords as well, but that you get to write a little bit of a profile summary for your company, and there's actually a specialty section as well, and you got to use keywords because people are going to search by keywords. So that's the first mistake they're making. They're not realizing that They need to put keywords in there. The second mistake they're not realizing is that you should have your products and services on the products and service tab in your profile. And that means you can actually display categories or specific products and services on your profile, receive recommendations from people for those products and services, and have a link to your website for further information about those products and services, a great marketing opportunity, good chance for you to display your wares right on your company page. The next mistake people are making is not making sure that their employees are appropriately attached to the right company profile. And that may sound easy, but what happens is employees don't realize how it works when they start typing where they work. And if they put ABC company, LinkedIn auto-populates that box, and there could be an ABC company in New Jersey, and you're in Iowa, and they grab that first one, and then suddenly they're attached to a company that they don't work at. And you really want to make sure you get all your people out there. Now, another mistake is they don't realize there are specific status updates for companies that come from companies different than the ones we just talked about from individuals and it goes to a different marketing channel and these people are called your followers so just a separate entirely separate audience now i've got an ebook that i wrote called the 10 mistakes companies are making on linkedin and they listeners can go to my website at powerformula.net and download that for free and it'll go through all 10 of these items with the solutions relating to the mistakes
0: I'm assuming that on our company pages, or something like an activity feed where we can update what the company is doing?
1: Exactly. Those are the updates. Those will go out now to your followers, which could include some of your connections, but do not have to because followers can be anybody, including people like your competitors. You don't accept followers, nor can you kick them off. Your company status updates go out to your followers. It's another different marketing stream on LinkedIn, but it comes directly from a company or from people within the company, not you in your person.
0: What do you think the biggest misperception business people have about LinkedIn?
1: I think it's what you mentioned earlier. So many of them believe that it's for recruiters and uh, job seekers only.
0: And if we're a LinkedIn user, what's the biggest mistake we're making?
1: Not realizing the importance of having a great profile beyond the fact that it looks like a resume, so you make it look like a resume, and you stop there. It is one heck of a powerful branding opportunity either on your personal page or your company page. It shows up high in the Google ranking when people are looking for you or your company. And then when people land there, they go, that's all there is to this guy? He sounded so much better when I met him in person. Well, that's because you just do your profile like a resume. So that's the number one mistake is we just don't get good enough profiles out there to really tell our branding story, how we help customers, the kind of customers we help, and then once you get a good profile, the second mistake people are making is they're just not probably being aggressive enough on connecting with the right people that they'd like to meet, having a good strategy for
0: connecting. All right. So if I'm in business development, I'm required to make connections and promote my goods and services for my company. How do you suggest I use LinkedIn on a daily basis? And how much time should I be spending out there on it?
1: Yeah. So let's take your situation. I think you, like me, would love to meet business owners and people that decision makers in businesses, right? I mean, that's a good audience for
0: you, correct? Absolutely.
1: Okay. So then what you need to do, like I do, is to be looking for People that meet that criteria, and let's say you want business owners in the Des Moines area just to keep the conversation, tightening the conversation down a little bit. Then what you'll do is you'll consistently look in sections like people you may know, alumni, your connections, connections, looking for people who meet that criteria as business owners, CEOs, CFOs, C-level executives for a certain size company, and then connect with them. I mean, that's the thing about this is, you know, if you save yourself or you get an invitation from a person who you would think you would probably like to meet in person anyway, why wouldn't you connect with them on LinkedIn and yet there's this hesitancy? And on LinkedIn, connections are the gasoline in the tank, especially if the gas tank is filled up with people that either are your clients or should be your clients or people who hang out with your clients. So another example is business owners are good for you, but who else is good? I'm sure attorneys are good and CPAs are good because they hang out with business owners. So I approach all of those categories just like probably you should and build your network aggressively with people that meet The criteria of your buyer.
0: And Wayne, I'd like to emphasize a little bit, mainly because of a generational thing. You know, you and I are approximately the same age, I'm guessing, and we're digital immigrants. And we came into this world uh, differently than our children who grew up in it. So I can't imagine that Wayne sits around all day and just does connections and sends emails and stuff. So at some point, do you pick up the phone and call people that you've connected with on LinkedIn?
1: For sure. I do that very consistently. As a matter of fact, most of my communications still take place on the phone, but after usually an initial, something happened on LinkedIn. For sure. It's still my second step is usually a phone call. Now, here's the interesting thing is I'm dealing with a lot of decision makers and companies, as you do, and they tend to still be older and, and like to telephone. When I do see somebody on a, the profile that wants to talk to me or get a hold of me and I see them in their 20s, I probably continue my conversation online longer and maybe even deeper than I would with somebody like you because they don't really like the phone the way we do. So I think it is generational. I think it is. I really do. I think that 20-somethings, if you tell them to pick up the phone, at least my daughters, they go, Dad, we don't talk to people on the phone. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're children like my children, I don't call them anymore. I text them and tell them to call yeah. me. I, I text that call me, please. <laughs> Well, thank you for that insight. And I think the best advice I got from somebody one time on connecting, I said, what's the best way to connect? And he says, find out how they connect. Perfect. You know, you know the, for me, it's still, let's have a quick phone conversation. And, but I've adjusted like you over time that I've noticed some people prefer either email, some people prefer texting, and you just adapt to who your audience is. Well, Wayne, let's talk about connecting just a little bit more because I received probably 10 requests today of join my LinkedIn network and I have no idea who these people are, and I promptly delete those. So there must be a better way for people to connect on LinkedIn other than the generic message of, I'd like to add you to my LinkedIn connections.
1: Well, that person made a mistake, first off. and You picked up on the mistake. The mistake is they used the generic invitation. And so to me, that's a turn off. To me, if you're connecting with that person, you better go look at their profile and see if there's something of interest there because they may be have a different strategy than you and just connect with everybody because they like to spam you or they want to see who your friends are but that's their strategy not yours so to me what you've got to do is make sure when you look at somebody's profile that that you're going to either invite or they've invited you ask yourself this question if I met this person and could it lead to something could we maybe help each other and the generic invitation is popping up more and more now because when you use the iPad or more likely your iPhone, it sends out the standard invitation. And so my suggestion to people is please, 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 don't use your iPhone to invite people. It's just somebody you found on your iPhone while you're you know, waiting for a meeting to start write their name down, go back to your office, go to their profile, hit the connect button there so that you can use your 300 characters appropriately to invite that person into your network.
0: Wayne Breitbart is our guest here on BizTalk. We're talking about LinkedIn strategies from his book, Power Formula for LinkedIn Success. So Wayne, you mentioned that when you started, you read a lot of books, did some research and jumped into this and, and got starting to teach people, which by the way, is the best way to learn is just teach other people. But what's the one LinkedIn book, other than your own, that you like?
1: Neil Schaefer wrote a book. It's his second book, and it was for maximizing how businesses use LinkedIn, more of the corporate kind of business development part of LinkedIn. And I really have learned a lot from that book. The other fellow that wrote a really good book is Jan Vermeerian called How to Really Use LinkedIn. Those, I would say, were two books that were real foundational for me on sort of going past sort of a, well, this is sort of interesting, but now how do I make money? So I, those are those two I recommend.
0: Wayne, is there one question today I should have asked you that I haven't?
1: Hmm, that's a good one. Yeah, a good question is, Wayne, if I have time to do one other social media site after LinkedIn, what would it be? Because we have lots of choices, don't we, Jim? I mean, oh, no, sure one do. The, It's one of the problems we have. But I would first start out by saying maybe LinkedIn isn't your best choice. I don't know. Because why I say that is because some of the other sites might be better as your first site. Like if you were selling cupcakes or dry cleaner or whatever, maybe a sweating photographer, Facebook probably is a better site if you tell me you only got time for one. But most of us in the B2B space, LinkedIn by far will be your best site. But what would be the second site? You know, I think... I'd have to know a little bit more about your business, but I sort of look at them this way. I think Facebook's a powerful tool and could be that great second site for you. But I also think Google Plus. You got to really keep your eyes open on Google Plus. I think that's the one that I'm starting to think as I launch into understanding another site really, really well. I think that for a lot of reasons, that could be a real important site. Twitter will continue to be a great site for sending out short things with links next to them all the time. You know, you can't get enough information out just in the Twitter feed, but you can always attach a link. And I think you can use some of these aggregation sites where you can do communication across several platforms. And Twitter is one that you're definitely going to want to pay attention to. Pinterest is great, and Instagram is great if your business is about pictures. If it's visual, you know, if you are a photographer you're an architect or something, those would be sites that could work. And I will tell you, you know, i got to believe, Jim, five, six, seven, eight years from now, we'll be all involved in several kinds of sites but by then we'll probably have really figured out why these sites won't work but these two or three are perfect because our audience is there
0: so what do you think the biggest challenge that's facing business development people today is
1: well, I think this confusion about what tools to use, whether it is the telephone or whether it's a social media site or whether it's texting. I mean, think about it, Jim. The sales guy's got to sit there and go, well, okay, I'm going to talk to a 20-something. I better not pick up the phone. I better try this. Before, in the old days, it was mail and a telephone right and we knew mail was slow and telephone was quick and these choices are so confusing and you have to use different approaches and different techniques and that means you got to spend time on sort of every one of them enough so that you're good enough at it so i think that's one of the problems is we're just going to have all this overload of potential avenues of communication
0: yeah and trying to figure out like you said which one to use so what's next for wayne
1: so next for me is I'm in the process of leaving the office furniture dealership that I owned for 10 years. And for the last couple of years, I've been a part-time CFO guy. And I'm going into my LinkedIn career full-time, and I've got a couple of more books in me relating to LinkedIn deeper dives by industry and a business development book on LinkedIn that I'm working on. So I'm going to continue to probably keep my sort of beginner, you know, starting kind of book out there because I think that people still need a great tool like that. But I'm going to go deeper with the folks that are trying to make money on LinkedIn. I really enjoy that space a lot.
0: Well, Wayne, thanks for being on the program.
1: Jim, it's been my pleasure. I sure hope we get to do it again.
0: This or other BizTalk podcast may be downloaded by visiting our website, biztalkradioshow.com, where you can subscribe to BizTalk through iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at BizTalk1040 and like us on Facebook. If you want to learn the strategies finding and getting performance out of A-player salespeople, contact Performance Group by calling 800-950-9509 or visit us on the web at pmgllc.net. This has been your host, Jim Lovato.